0: In the gyms are also now shut in in Malta where I'm currently at. So
1: oh no, as have they been open the whole well. time for you? Have they been open the whole time?
0: The whole time, yeah, the whole time. So I'm um, I'm going back to going back to London and saying, nah, you, you guys, the gym's shut, and now nah, I just look like a prick, don't I?
1: Trying to flex so, your gains.
0: Yeah, now it's just uh, now it's just an absolute it's an absolute mess, isn't it really? But what what can we do? So and I, I can't I can be grateful that they were open for that long in itself, because I know in the UK. Um, you know they weren't open for an extended period of time and now they might open in April right I think
1: yeah but I think have... it's about four weeks so we're about four weeks away from the gyms reopening
0: yeah so how have you how have you found it because I know you How has it affected you in the way of working with oh he's gone uh, working Sorry. with clients and and everything else and everyone with this whole working outdoors being able to work uh, being able to train out in parks and all, and all these kind of stuff. How you find it? Because I, I don't I don't think prior to lockdown, you were working out of a gym, were you? I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I've been working out of a gym for the most of my career. Mm. I've done a few, I used to do a lot of home visits and actually when I first started as a PT, I used to train people in the park. Mm. Um, but that's a, that seems like a lifetime ago. Mm. Um, but yeah, so to be honest with you, it was actually... In a way, it was very nice to revisit the park environment as a more experienced trainer okay. and to bring to the table um, some stuff that I learned and picked up you know over those years, um, because when we first you know, we look at how we started and the this, and this programs we were delivering back in the day, and you know y- you cringe a little bit. Um, so it was really good to just go back to the park and just um, get back to that style, really. Um, I put a lot of clients online as well. so I see a lot of people, most people I see online now because um, it's a little bit cold, which has been effective. it's been really an effective way of training. Um, I've managed to reconnect with some some older clients of mine, which has been really interesting. People that have moved away previously, Rob, when people moved away, you would be like all right, well that's it, you know mm. it's nice to know you. Enjoy your life. I'll see you if you're ever back around.
0: Mm. how does um, that work when you're doing it online then
1: so you have to try and work with what you've got yeah and um, you can you can ask people to buy a kit but i've i've tried to not get people to spend too much money on stuff and just try and elicit the, the strength without with what they've got basically and, and in the space that they've got um, but it is very effective mm.
2: Yeah, in I fact be-
1: i had to drop the time of the session from 45 minutes to half an hour okay because a lot of my clients couldn't keep up with just the intensity of it to be honest yeah
0: yeah because i mean there seems to be yeah just uh, just a lot more um even if you think about the online working working from home um just general online sessions as a whole i always wondered how how that would affect people where you have to be physically with them most of the time, which is like personal trainings, et cetera, uh, or any kind of training at all. Do you feel like you get the same interaction with people in that way, or is it better to do it face-to-face?
1: I think they're very different, actually. I think they're different. When you're training somebody online, you have to be really good with your language. Mm. So in the gym, I can just come over, um, grab the app, move you into the position i want right. to be into and you understand it straight away mm. whereas online you have to try and verbalize that and that is difficult sometimes but it's definitely doable and mm. um, i've been training uh, a couple online since march last year so this is a year that we've done online mm. and they're very very happy you know they they're um Making the strength gains, making the cardiovascular gains that they feel like they need to be making, so it is super effective. It has been working really well.
0: So let's let's go back to the beginning. Now you've been a personal trainer for 12, 11 or twelve years. Is it twelve years now? Um,
1: it was. I think it's about. I think it's twelve years. One yeah. of my clients corrected me. I think it was twelve. Yeah.
0: So, what made you want to get into this field? Because um, that's a long time to spend it there. And what have you learned in that period? Because that's quite an extensive period—over ten years, over a decade of working in the field, how much, why did you get into it? And how much has it changed from when you started to now?
1: I initially got into training um, other people because I loved training myself. And it was just a lifestyle that I led naturally. Even when I was a a labourer and a bartender and a dishwasher in a restaurant, you know, after shift, I would go with some of the bods And we would go to the gym and we would um, do a few bits and bobs in the gym. And I must say that in those days, it was a lot of the stuff that my late older brother taught me Mm. um, because he was also a personal trainer. And um, he was the one that took me to the gym initially. And that's who I learned a lot of my stuff from Mm. in those days. And then eventually I managed to get the qualification and it sat in the back and I did two or three sessions a week. You know, and I did my other job, and and it just built and built and built, um, and here we are today. So it's the
0: the glow up as well? The glow up is well. That's nice, yeah. and that's it. And and do you feel like there's a, a massive change in the in knowledge um, that
1: hundred percent
0: started to now like what what's 100%. been what's been the massive the biggest updates that have you found?
1: I think when when I started. Sports science was very young, it still is, Um, and it was very murky and it still is, but it's starting to have a little bit more clarity now. Um, So that's really good that you can inform people with um, information that is strong and has a good background. Yeah, so that's one thing that's changed massively. Another thing that's changed massively is the volume of trainers in the market now as well, which is great. Competition is fantastic you know it's a really really good thing it pushes people to be a little bit better um to learn a little bit more to come at it with a different angle and um so i'm happy to see a lot of trainers in the business and um spreading their spreading their views on health and fitness That's a very good thing
2: mm.
0: yeah because i, I def- i've definitely seen that over definitely at least i would say more so over the last 5 years or so Everybody is a PT now. Everyone's a PT. I'm a PT now. I'm also a PT. I'm a PT. I'm a PT. And I'm like, something's wrong here. I feel like not everybody can be a PT, man. I feel like it's not that easy. Some guys just, especially some of the people that I've known and I speak to who were, let's say, doing something completely different work wise. And now they're like, yeah, I'm going to be a PT. I'm like, I didn't even know there was an intro. Basically, if a guy thinks he can do a press up, see a press up. He, he thinks he can be a PT sometimes, you know,
1: you know? I, I feel, I feel we are coming from, I feel we are coming from, um, but it's not on, it's not on, uh, it's not my style to sort of say to people to, to not do it. But what I will say is I will say that it is something that is a lifestyle. You know, people often look at established trainers and they look at, you know, the, the money, the hourly rate and it's, you know, and the, The lifestyle that they live and that's what they want for themselves but actually you know it's a way of living and you either live that way or you don't and if you don't I would advise that you don't become a PT if you do live that way by all means you know hop on board and um, spread the good word
2: Mm. yeah yeah
0: I'd say so it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to watch, especially with everything that's happening in lockdown now. It's it's happened with DJs as well. DJs, every DJ now has either moved to Twitch or moved to Instagram Live. Um, and I've noticed a lot with the PTs that they're doing a similar sort of thing. They're doing the home mm-hmm. workouts. One of the most popular one at the moment is the Joe Wicks one where yeah, he's done the massive everyday one and that's become really, really successful. Um And I think his journey is quite an interesting one as well because it's someone who's started really basic and then he, he came up with this idea of the kind of nutrition side of it and making the videos that way. And that built a lot of traction and built his brand like that. And then it's gone into cookbooks and it's just snowballed from there. So what's, that brings me to the most, one of the most important parts now is the social media aspect of it. As especially someone if the, who's been in it for a number of years, you'll definitely notice Ten years ago, I can't imagine social media being as active as it is now when it comes to promoting your brand. Um, I know that yours is your whole page is very much based on and ev- it's kind of very uniformed. I don't think it was always like that, but there was a stage no, it was a, a bit messy. Through. Yeah, there's a stage where I'm flicking through, and I was like, "There's a definitely a direction he wants to go with his brand, and this is how like just the structure of it." So, how did you come up with that whole and what was your thinking behind everything on
1: there? Um, to be honest, I um. I haven't. I just think of topics that I come across in my day-to-day that I think are topics that I should speak on. And um, I put together a little post, and I put it out there two or three times a week. And that's what I just try and do. Speak about topics that I think people need to hear or they want to hear. And um, I just put a little something together and just put it out there to be heard.
2: Yeah,
1: I haven't got to the stage yet where I'm putting a lot of... um, thought process into how it looks as an actual page. Yeah. If we go back and you say, um, my personal development, if we go back three years, I had a Nokia phone and a paper diary.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: So I never had a smartphone. In fact, I don't even think it was three years ago. I think it might have even been two and a half, maybe it is three years this year, yeah. but certainly most of my clients knew me for a long time that if I wrote your name in the paper diary, Mm. Unless you could get a hold of me with a phone call or an actual text message, that's your session. Mm. That's non-negotiable. <laughs> um, so actually, for me, getting the smartphone is um, is a relatively new thing. Mm. And I'd already joined Instagram and it was a, already a very saturated market with a lot of personal trainers mm. and um, fitness coaches putting their spiel on things.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you stay ahead of that as well? Because I know we spoke a little bit about the competition as well and about the fact that the saturation, especially on social media, of of personal trainers and just fitness gurus in general. How does that... Do you feel a type of way about that? Do you feel like, oh, everyone's trying to do it? Do you feel like, okay, there's misinformation out there? People are giving misdirecting people?
1: I think it's definitely a lot better than it was a few years back. Um, how do I feel about the competition? I feel like the competition is, is good. And I think that any good trainer won't spend any time down talking other trainers. In Mm -hmm. fact, they would try and build them up as well. Um, if you're really confident and you know what you're talking about, you know, you don't need to trash talk another trainer or their style, you know, Mm -hmm. your methods will speak for themselves. And so that's what I really try and focus on. Is I, I just try and focus on, and um, putting out the best information that I can, delivering you know the most up to date, and the most up to date information that I can. And when other trainers approach me, I'm always positive, and I give them good advice to help them progress their business and their and their stuff like that. So, you know, I'm not in. I'm not in the school of thought of trash talking other trainers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I think it's a good thing that people come to personal training because they have a passion for fitness and health and fitness and they spread the good word. Mm-hmm. And frankly, Rob, the fitness industry is massive.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. There's enough. enough to there's
2: go around. There's enough
1: to go around. Yeah. And okay. the reality is, is that when I'm training you, if I get you from A to B, I've helped you to go from A to B. Mm. I'm at no risk of any other trainer coming along and poaching my business. That doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work like that okay. because the reality is, is that I've helped that client get to where they want to be. Yeah. And so why would they
0: go somewhere else? Yeah.
1: Why would you go somewhere else? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. Okay. The only time it happens is when somebody relocates or if um, somebody wants to try another style. So I've had clients of mine that have left me and gone tennis coaching, um, which they want to spend the money on their tennis coach and improve their tennis, which is fantastic. Mm. Um, And that's the only, or if there's been many, many years gap and now you're in a different place to where you was with the last trainer. So this, you know, I don't get too caught up with the competition. I help those around me to Mm. Grow as much as they can i offer advice where they want it i'm friendly with them um that wasn't always the way you know Mm. when you're trying to establish yourself you can feel a little bit threatened by other people in the business and stuff like this but you know once you're confident that you know what you're doing you can relax you can forget all that
0: yeah that's good that's that's a very mature approach man some people don't some people don't think like that as well and uh But I feel like the personal trainer community is is definitely different. Like you said, it is big. It's huge. There's plenty of us. around. We're all overweight. So (laughs) I'm sure like there's plenty of people always want to get better, get fitter. I feel like in this generation as well, people are more concerned about their health. And one of the biggest things that I've noticed as well is what people's thoughts are on nutrition. Now, veganism is new as well. Well, I'd say it's new. It's always been around, but it's definitely become more popular. I would say, but it depends on for, for what reason I've never tried veganism myself. I've tried being vegetarian, um, but I do take some lessons from people who are vegan, as long as they're not too preachy with it. Um, where I know that you had a, an experience of doing veganism for, I, I think you're still doing it right? you started. I'm still diet doing diet, it right? now.
1: Yeah. I'm still doing it now. Okay, trying so, my best. Yeah. So.
0: Prior to that, was you a big meat eater? Would you big, did you did you think big, about big carnivore. The thing I, about the protein situation? All the animals where am I going to get my protein from that kind of stuff?
1: Talk um about- I always I'm nev- I've never been obsessive about my nutrition, yeah. So my rule is to one be calorie aware and to prioritize the protein and I have done a period of counting calories. And I do do when I feel like I need to um, of counting calories and making sure that I hit protein goals, but it's, you know, you don't want to live in that food bubble of, Oh, I don't feel comfortable going out to socialize with my friends because I'm not going to be able to hit my food target. What if we order burgers? Is it going to set me back? You know, I don't like that. Um, I don't like that negative aspect of it. So I've always tried to preach you know, just balanced healthy nutrition right down the middle. And um, that's what I found has always been the best way.
0: And good quality. You do
1: have to know your calories, though. So you do have to do a period of calorie counting mm. to know what your foods are like. And it better informs your calorie awareness. Yeah. But to live on my fitness power is no way to live.
0: Yeah. Cause I think that, um, for me, I've, I've done a stage of that. And when I started putting stuff in my fitness pal, for example, is that it's not so much about the, for me anyway, it wasn't so much about the calories. Just you realize how much fat is in everything, how much sugar is anything. And I feel like some people focus more on the calorie counting and then I call it's under the calorie and not realizing that it might be under the calories, but it's high in fat, it's high in sugar. Do you think people are really aware of those, those aspects or are people are more concerned about calories?
1: depends on where you're at in your fitness journey, I'd say. Mm. It depends on where you're at with your, in your fitness journey. I think the first thing right. is to, um, if you're too high in your fat and your sugar mm. consistently, um, then you won't be under calorie target most of oh, the time. Right. And in fact, if you think about your, your food diary, you don't want to think, oh, I've hit goal today. Or I hit goal yesterday or I've done well this week. You wanna have a look at 30 days and you wanna see, you know, am I in 30 days, am I on target or under target or over target? You know, what does it look like in 30 days? Nutrition you can't see as a day-to-day thing. Mm. Even a week to week thing is is quite a small way to think about nutrition, but it's much better to think about it like that because it's a more digest digestible chunk. But really, you want to think you know in terms of 30 days mm. does well,
0: it yeah, make sense they, did they say that a uh, uh, fitness well if we're talking about actual as opposed to diet and more fitness based stuff like the actual training itself did they say most workout programs you should give it about six six or eight weeks right
1: to see to, to see any months sort months. of like changes
0: yeah because then you get your newbie gains and then there's dips et etc so they say is eight is it six to eight weeks which is a good
1: everybody's a little bit different it depends on what you're starting or what your starting point is Mm. yeah there's too many factors there if somebody's really overweight and we get them in the gym and we just start moving them about and get them to start recording their food they're going to see they're going to see fat dropping off you know within four or five days they're going to see some progress and if somebody's an experienced lifter it may take a little bit longer um you know so it's there's lots of factors that play into that Mm that's another thing that I want to talk about is these numbers that people throw out six to eight weeks and for, you know, do away with all of that. Everybody is, is different. Depends on where you're at in your journey.
0: Yeah. And where do you think genetics play into it? Because some people believe that the, and the body types as well, the, um, what's it, the eptomorphs and the, what is it? There's the three body types. I've forgotten what they are um ep- i think one
1: of them's like exomorph ep- endomorph and mesomorph those are the ones so do you try throw play- me a trick question there that's that's it <laughs> try to catch me <laughs> because out because
0: the thing is i don't know do they is it something which actually exists does it really affect how you listen or, listen
1: is for everybody yeah absolutely everybody regardless of genetic body type age gender place in the world um psychological issues exercises for absolutely everybody's for endomorphs as much as mesomorphs mm. the question is 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 your yours seems to be you seem to be getting that body shape and how you look that's yeah, what you well yeah my, my thing
0: is because some people i know some guys who are built differently so they say oh it might be harder for them to lose fat because they're heavier set based on them and then also you have different sorts of people who are who might be have a slimmer frame but can't put on it, so, but if they put on- Well, there's
1: benefits, there's benefits in all these frames, mm-hmm. and it's all about playing to your strengths. All of these frames have their benefits, you know, an endomorph is a naturally strong guy, you know, generally have nice, strong legs. Mm-hmm. Some mesomorphs have very, very weak legs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Um. so everybody's a little bit different. And in fact, that's, that's a, a bit more of a scale. So everybody's a mix of, of a couple of those things you can have you can be a mesomorph with endomorphic um traits okay yeah okay. but you're talking very much about body shape sort of stuff
0: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because all, well I'll, I'll go to that topic in a minute because i'm going off topic but um yeah because it, it is something because you know you get so the thing is for me you get so much information from so many different sorts of people people who have who don't train people who train all the time people who are like Gainsborough, who got that bro science type of, of mentality, um, people who think they know it and it's like your lifestyle doesn't suggest that you do. Um, it's just a lot of information and it's just as, as a qualified PT, I feel like it's, it's it's your job to kind of streamline the real information, take out yeah. the, the rubbish to what's the facts and, and, and so forth.
1: You've nailed it. Mm-hmm. You've nailed it. Because, um, yeah. What I try, the best tip I give my bods is, you know, if you have a a human body, it is your duty to be a student of that body. Mm, You know, do your own research, come back to me, tell me some stuff. Mm. You know, an interesting thing that I do when I write somebody a program is I write them a program which fits around them. And I tell them, look, here's an aspect that I think you need to work on. Let's say it's hamstring strength Mm. and after we've been training together a couple of months I say right what I want to do is I want you to go away and I want you to I'm going to leave an exercise free in your program I'm going to call it free exercise and what I want you to do is I want you to own this journey you go away you find an exercise that you think targets what you need to improve on and you come and show me Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and that's sort of like that's one of the most valuable things I do with my with my guys, it really makes them think about owning that journey. You have to take responsibility for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I thought that's good, and it gives them a sense of control as well, where they feel like they're not just being told this is what you need to do, this is what you need to get, um, and, and everything else. Actually, we got some, we got some questions actually in in the chat. So oh no! So there's a couple of them. So uh, let's have a look. So we've got uh, Kelly P who's saying about Are you looking forward to going back to the gym. Um, we've actually got one of your older clients on here, and he says about um, it is diet diet is eighty percent, and it's twenty percent for weight loss. Um, and some, and then hold on, oh, no, oh, another guy, AC. Oh, what's up, AC? AC was saying about everybody's different, and you can't copy someone's lifestyle, diet, and training program. No, Do you feel that's true, and that's
1: that's very very true. It's personal training. You know, there's no point. I have all the time in my day to dedicate towards my health and fitness my clients do not that's what they're me for my job is to find a solution okay. you know is to deliver them a solution to their situation and that's part that's why I don't like cookie cutter programs yeah yeah um it's better if if we can find something which matches to you but there were some other good questions there what was the other one there about 80 percent
0: uh, one of your client, your what well, was one of your former clients? You were saying about is it eighty percent? It's eighty percent diet and then twenty percent actual to do with exercise. Because you know with that whole thing of
1: which clients uh, that? Uh, Jez. Jez, yeah, okay. Um, I would I would say it's a hundred percent nutrition and it's a hundred percent exercise. They're two different things. Yeah. Once you really, once you really. Embark on nutrition 100%, you focus on nutrition 100%, you think of them as two different topics. That's the best way to think. It's 100% exercise and it's 100% nutrition. They're two different things.
0: I've got, um, trade. Oh, one of the biggest ones actually before, um, when I was talking about it during the week on, on my other stream, um, one of the big questions I got from a lot of people was to do with injuries. I know you do, especially have injuries. Like, so there's a there's a guy here who's actually a regular on our on our slot stream, which is C4, and he said he's injured his knee and he's got surgery. And after the surgery, he's injured his, his knees, legs, his knees, yeah. So what is it? Okay. I think it's one knee. Um, and he said after the surgery, his flexibility in his knees decreased, and he's got re- he's been going to rehab for it, but it doesn't seem to help. And there any tips? to increase the flexibility in his knee, which you would suggest just based on that information.
1: Um, I can't give rehab, prehab exercises out without assessing the individual and the, and the situation. So a couple of general tips that I mm-hmm. can give you is um, to own the journey. No medical professional, no physiotherapist can give you all of the solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said before, um, you should really, you know, take take responsibility, do your research, Use YouTube. Use these sources that are available to you. And you know, it's your injury. It's your body. You know, you take and you own that. Um, Take your time. Injuries take time. Um, Work around them. Also, vary the movements. This is what a lot of people, a lot of people, fail to do. Is you know, they get in the realm of, oh, I'm working on this compound moves: deadlift, squat, bent over row. And um, you know, they're not doing any yoga or tennis or climbing or whatever it is you know vary the movements vary the workouts as well bring a bit of variety to the table
0: i definitely see that in yours because for one minute i see you doing rock climbing i know you've done a lot of rock climbing love it everything was open Uh, yoga calisthenics i think as well i've seen you do um the 5k runs so i definitely feel like it's exactly what you're saying it's the A mix of exercises really, really, really happen. Really,
1: yeah,
0: because it keeps you motivated as well. I mean, I mean, I
1: would say I have too many hobbies. Too many
0: hobbies? They're they're positive hobbies. They're good, right? (laughs) Yeah, because my thing is definitely for for me personally, mine is you know weightlifting and and then playing football and then running. I need to get more motivated with running.
1: Um, I I think that's great. Yeah. Fantastic. Is that enough Is
0: that not enough? I don't need to I think to... you're
1: doing a good job. Weightlifting, running, playing football, something you enjoy. Yeah. Um, something that puts pressure in your cardiovascular system, elicit is the changes that you want to see, decrease blood pressure, improve resting heart rate, improve cardiovascular health, yeah. weightlifting, putting pressure on your musculoskeletal system, eliciting the changes you want to see from that, and improve bone mass density, muscular mass, mm. blood quality, and posture. Strength.
0: Hill sprints as well. That's another Hill one. Hill sprints. You're doing, a, you're doing the most. Rob. I mean, this is the, the thing. I'm doing the most when I'm in London, but now I'm not in London. I'm only really doing the gym and now they've shut that. I mean, mm-hmm. I have tried to do some running um, over here as well because it's easier and the, the environment is more pleasant to look at. So that's pretty good. But um, what I found actually, I don't know if I had this conversation with you it was another friend of mine, is that when I, I tried to drastically cut back on meat for an extended period of time and I noticed that when I started doing that, my 5K ones were a lot, lot better. I think my fastest ever has been 21 minutes. And a friend of mine, he used to play football. Uh, seven, 21 minutes? Yeah. It was, Very good. It was a while ago, to be fair. Very but good. It was maybe like, to uh, maybe July. I'm, I'm going to say July. No, it was 24 wow. minutes in July. Um, but what I found is that I was speaking to a friend of mine and he was saying that he used to, it's different though, because he used to play football and he's like, are oh, they... Um, they expected them to run a 5k in like 15 minutes. I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. I won't be that's doing crazy. That. So if, I, if I can get it to 20, I'll be happy with that. I'm not super. So then I can be like, I'm a borderline athlete, <laughs> borderline athlete. Yeah. But I definitely found that. And I feel like, um, one of those big factors for me personally was the reduction of meat and also, um, what my sleep pattern was like in the quality of sleep. Um, I feel like that's something which is definitely needs to be, um, spoke at a lot more. I don't know if, if that is something that you speak about a lot about the quality of sleep um, recovery of the muscles and, and I
1: haven't yet but I have got something coming yeah okay, so watch on. this space I am going to I'm going to speak about it. I just want to make sure that I I collate my thoughts and clarify them on the matter before I put them out there but I have got something planned yeah. Okay, that's
0: good yeah because that's definitely something which um I see a lot on the sort of things that I follow on Instagram and whatnot but it's not something that a lot of my Friends who train mention, they're like, it's more I need to get my, my, my protein levels in or I need to train. So they're not so much, OK, I need to make sure I have enough sleep to recover. So that's always something which I think people might.
1: If recover. I don't sleep enough, my efficiency at work is poor. Yeah. So I know that I need to get to bed when I get to bed. If I don't have those hours, mm. I'm done for. And then you can, because I'm one on one with people, you can't hide.
2: Of course. Yeah. <laughs> There's
1: nowhere to hide. Yeah, so, just, you can't sort of like, you know, hide keep in the back. Yeah, head. you can't hide in the you back. You're toilet. very much <laughs> at the forefront. So, it is actually very good in that way because it keeps you on your toes and it makes sure that you are mm. catching your sleep and watching your food and stuff like that. Yeah. I wanted to go back to the thing that you said about um, activity. Yeah, hit me. Because there's something that, you know, that I really feel passionately about. And that is that the first rule of thumb, is to find something that you enjoy. Mm. If you find something you enjoy, you're more likely to adhere to it and therefore reap the benefits of that. Mm. Even if that is a little bit less efficient than lifting weights or doing a 5K run, as you said, mm. you know, if you enjoy football more, five-a-side football more, do that. That's step number one. Find mm. something you enjoy, activities that you enjoy. Not just enjoy the benefits that they bring you, but actually enjoy whilst you're taking part in them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I feel that's, that fills in a lot to, to motivation. You won't feel like, Oh, I've got to go to the gym. I've got to go this. If like you said, you're doing an activity, you enjoy. And based obviously previously based on what I've seen, if you do the rock climbing is something that you and someone else told me about, and they could, they always say, Oh, it's so good, man. It's so thing. Cause it doesn't feel like you're, obviously you're exercising, but it doesn't feel the same way where you feel, I have to go to the gym to.
1: Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it. So when I'm there, I don't feel like it's, I'm not thinking I'm here working out. Mm -hmm. I am there working out, you know, for sure I'm working out, but it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like I've got, I've got five more sets to do and I'm in agony and, you know, I'm not enjoying it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm actually enjoying the process of it. And when I'm there climbing, you know, another great thing I love about climbing is is the va- the variety of patterns that you have. Mm. In the gym, even though we're very compound and we try and be as compound as possible by that, I mean um, moving through lots of different planes of movement. So, for example, the deadlift is a hip hinge dominant knee flexion. And by that, I mean you're hinging from the hips
2: mm.
1: more than you're flexing from the knees. That's the category of movement that the deadlift is in which is very compound so there's more than one thing going on but rock climbing is even more so yeah I can have one hand here and one hand up there and one foot here and one foot there targeting muscles that you w- didn't even know that you had in stabilizing the joint in moving the joint and mm. um, so that's and that's the same with football for example you know mm. when you do football you might do a sidestep yeah you're using muscles in a way that you're not you might not be using in your resistance program in the gym Mm.
0: yeah because that's actually uh it's it's funny you say that about the using your muscles in different ways it made me think of yoga and pilates and stuff like that Mm -hmm. I can't bend for shit like I'm in yoga and I'm like like I feel like an old man but and then you see these these uh oh these older people and they're just naturally doing it and I was like fucking hell man I feel so so rigid I feel like that's more to do with um just regularly going and building yeah. like that and just getting your body used to it right
1: the first yoga class i went to i'm telling you it was so frustrating yeah i was so f- i came out i came out of there i was frustrated mm.
2: um
1: but what i did is i just found someone that i liked on youtube that i just like their style um i made it my own journey so I owned it a little bit and I followed it from there and, you know, I'm not going to I got to a good level, but I got better. Yeah. yeah? And it, and it wasn't um, so much of a chore. Yeah. And I learned to it and I enjoyed it a lot more. And then some of those moves that I was doing at the beginning, you know, that were really, really tough, you know, they ended up being some of my favorite moves. Mm. Yeah. Mm. There is a part of that suck it up a little bit. Yeah. And, and get on with it.
0: Well, it takes me to another thing a lot, because that's obviously body-weighted stuff, right? It, a form of stretching and the rest of it. It brought me into calisthenics. I see a, a lot of guys who are involved in this calisthenics lifestyle now. The whole, Especially with the rise of lockdown and people needing mm-hmm. to get to the gym. You see a lot more people in the park, for example, using all the bars and all that kind of stuff. What's your thoughts on that and the calisthenics side of uh, of training?
1: Fantastic. Great way to elicit the the resistance goals
0: Mm.
1: you know i wish i was much better at them but i'm not
0: (laughs) because i see these guys doing these flips and muscle ups and even though
1: it's very impressive stuff what they do is super super impressive Mm -hmm. yeah and and in fact actually i always wanted to improve my pull-ups a little bit i do have two permanently dislocated shoulders so that does hold me back a little bit when it comes to the full extension especially with my body weights hanging on it because yeah. it does just make them crick. um but yeah just finding my own pattern with it you know I've, I've got into it a little bit more and i felt i feel the benefits of it being able to manage your own body weight is a really satisfying thing yeah. do you say you have dislocated
0: shoulders Fuck, yeah i've got, got
1: two permanently dislocated shoulders look oh And my ACJ just sticks out like
0: that. Sorry. No way. Did you, what? Did you, is that an injury you've had or is that? Yes,
1: injury, yeah, from playing rugby.
0: Oh, yeah, because I remember you used to play rugby. Yeah, I remember. You
1: can't be an injury specialist PT with no injuries, Rob. Yeah, of
0: course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is another thing. This is a lot of the questions that people have come to me. Actually, I was speaking, well, someone was, well, there's two questions. I know that. uh, Great. C4, which is a gentleman who was speaking about um the knee the issue okay with the knee, he was just saying he's got pcl surgery um yeah post crucial and he's ligament. just wondering if it's if uh if you know anything about that or or you as i
1: said before i cannot it's outside of my remit and my insurance to sort of like ah, give okay. people blanket statements on injuries yeah okay. if an individual comes to me and we can assess them we can assess them you know i can give you some more clarity on that but i can't put something out on the internet out of my no,
0: don't don't try to get him sued
1: man okay well yeah i
0: have a question that someone was asking about um... but
1: going back to that yeah. own c4 own the journey you know accept that you do have an injury that it's now part of your life and work around it find ways of working around it do a bit of research. Um, Sit. See- Anything you're doing that hurts you directly gives you acute pain, stop. Mm. Yeah. Um, don't do too much. Take your time. Be patient. And um, in the same breath, challenge it a little bit. Another thing I want to talk about then, C4, is that, is that physiotherapy, like any other aspects of your general health, needs to have um, some progression to it. So doing the same movements <clears throat> is good to a point but you should also progress those movements. Mm. Does it make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? So I'll give you an example. For my shoulder, a lot of the blanket exercises are this external rotation here, which mm. is a really good movement. But one thing that I start to do is, once I get to here, is then push it out from the side and then bring it back in. Yeah? So there's a, there's a, a progression using variety. Um, that has been really good for the rehab of that.
0: Yeah. Uh, one Someone was asking me actually about um, what supportive type of training should a martial artist working through regular injuries consider doing to help? I know that there's certain stuff you might not be able to talk about, but um, what is your thoughts on those kind of sports as well, actually? That, that's quite an interesting point. So
1: like regular um, impact injuries are we talking yeah. about? Yeah, I imagine so, yeah. I mean, I used to do a little bit of fighting myself, but I give it up just because the volume of injuries that you pick up is just not worth it for me personally because it's my job to be a PT. Um, so constantly being injured and turning up to sessions with black eyes is not a good look. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but constantly working around those sorts of injuries, I mean, you're a martial artist, dude. That's That's what you do.
2: Mm-hmm. Get on with it. Yeah,
0: it's tough.
1: It's yeah. yeah, because if we're is. talking about joint injuries, if we're talking about regularly picking up joint and soft tissue injuries, yeah. you're doing too much. Okay. Yeah, you need to bring down the level. You're working, you're working at a level that is beyond you if, you if these are happening regularly. Yeah. Yeah, and there might be an aspect of your health and wellness you're overlooking. Yeah. So uh, especially as a martial artist, you want to make sure that you've got good flexibility know if your flexibility is poor you're going to pick up an injury doing something like martial arts at some point Mm. um again if your strength is lacking in certain regards you're going to pick up an injury Mm. um if you're fighting or sparring with people who are beating you regularly you're going to Mm. pick up injuries um so if he's talking about soft tissue and joint injuries i'd say you're doing too much and you're overlooking other aspects of your health and wellness
0: and actually, that's a question I wanted to ask you. This is a more general question. I don't think this will be something more to do with your P T PT journey. PT. PT is that uh the kind of people who are spend their life dedicating to being an athlete on a professional level or semi-professional level, um, and then it completely they finish their career or they have a maybe a life, a career ending injury. And then there's the after effects of that. What would you would you give any sort of general advice or do you have any general thoughts on if you're if you're dom- if your life is dominated by sports um, from being an athlete and then you have that injury which changes up your career or or anything like that the next step for that what would you what are your thoughts on that
1: the next step the very next step is yeah. to accept that mm. and then adapt and overcome find another talent that you have and um, bring that to the forefront. If you've been an athlete for many years, you have a lot of experience working with other athletes, so find another role that you can fit into there.
0: Yeah, I think that's... Uh, yeah, because that's definitely something which is... Well, actually brings me to, to my other point, which is about mental health as well. Um, mental health is is massively being brought to the forefront a lot more than it was so many years ago. People, there's a big link between physical health and mental health, um, and speaking of on injuries, I imagine that affects people mentally and psychologically as well. Do you find a lot of that when you speak with people?
1: For sure. Any what? A great question. Um, any injury you have over six weeks mm. is going to affect you psychologically, and the longer that it goes on beyond that, it's going to um, exponentially affect you as well. If it doesn't, if you don't see any sort of improvement. Mm. So, yeah, a big part of injury is, you know, psychological as well. If you, for example, somebody who's had a bad back for 15 years mm. or so is, is going to be really delicate when I come, when they come to session, they're going to want to have some special treatment around that. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a sl- it's a, pain is a great motivator. And when people are in pain, that's when they often come and see me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, yeah, because if you're specialising in injuries and and stuff like that, you'll know not to push people in a way where you'll be conscious of their own personal injury. Like you said earlier, everyone's different. So I feel like that plays a huge part into it as well. Yeah, you you have
1: have to start where you are. Yeah. You can't start where you was. I get a lot of that with old martial artists, people that come to me who, you know, they've been training at a certain level and they are – um boxers and rowers and stuff it's been trained at a certain level before and they expect to be at that level again but you know that's not the level you're at currently you have to start where you are and then i can help you guide you to get to where you want to be yeah. but you have to start where you are and you have to sort of like building that with progressive overload mm. so ever so slightly making it a little bit tough a little bit tougher mm-hmm.
0: and age i know you said earlier about Everyone's got, a, everyone's got a body, everyone can train, everyone can do that depending on everything. Where do you feel about um, people's age into their fitness journey as well? So what I mean by that is two things. One of them is how many years they've been actively training or alternatively, someone who feels that they're not being able to get the most out of their body based on how old they are. Um,
1: training and exercise is for absolutely everybody. Mm. Um you just have to try and find the activities that are acceptable, the methods that are acceptable for that individual at that stage of life that they're at. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, old people might prefer to do Tai Chi rather than um a body balance class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're eliciting the same sort of benefits at different levels.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's about finding it's about finding where you're at. But exercise is for everybody at all levels. It's completely inclusive, and everybody should be training strength. You know, when I get elderly people who come to me, you know, my job is to find resistance training that suits them. That might not necessarily be back squat, might not necessarily be weighted goblet squat into reverse lunges. Yeah. You know, might not be box jumps. Yeah. Um, but it is going to be something that they would consider resistance that will elicit the benefits of resistance training. So improved muscular mass and bone mass density and blood quality and all of the, all of the classics.
0: Yeah. I have actually a question here. I think this, this guy's actually your current client, current client Jez. He's saying, what advice do you give to people who are sat at a computer all day?
1: I would say that one hour of exercise is not going to undo 10 hours of bad posture. Right. I would say, get off your backside every 45 minutes mm. and move a little. You know, and some of the most popular things to do, if you're sat in a chair, automatically your shoulders will roll forward a little bit because, you know, oh, here he is. Rob's adjusting his posture going. now. See him, yeah. I just, I'm i doing the same thing. I'm doing the same thing. If I'm sat like this, yeah. there's two major things that are happening. One is my bicep is constantly contracted. So my elbow's like this, so my bicep is contracting. It's in a state of contraction. Mm. The other thing is is, is if i am got my hands together like this and I'm typing, my chest and my shoulders are also constantly contracted. Mm. And then I'm sat down. So these rhomboids and these lower back muscles aren't doing their job of supporting the spinal structure. Mm. And so you end up doing right. stuff like this. So a really good solution for people that are sat down for a long period of time is to move and start with opening up those muscles that are being that are under a state of constant contraction find three or four stretches Mm. and do them every 45 minutes yeah
0: i think it's quite good actually now because a lot of people aren't obviously working are working from home as well but then that factors in how they treat their health and, and their exercise regime when they are working from home and obviously one of the biggest things at the moment has been the home workouts I know we spoke about the online workouts but there's a lot of these YouTube videos of workouts like this workout like that do you feel like people there's been a big talk obviously lockdown is such an unusual thing because it's something which has never happened before so people don't really know how to adjust in the same way but I always think that health and health physical health and mental health within this time is super important so what would you say is the the um what's the best way to keep motivated in a situation like that
1: in the situation um to you have to form a routine Mm. so that's the thing you have to change your routine if your routine was to get up and go to the gym um and now your routine is somewhat changed because the gyms are closed and you know that's you can't um you know it's no it's no longer part of your routine you have to find a routine once you have a routine it's easier to stay disciplined you keep saying motivation. Yeah. Um, but I always say that it's about discipline over motivation. You have okay. to, for you know, we don't train. I don't train for a decade, over a decade, because I've watched a motivational video on Monday. Mm. Yeah. Um, I train over a decade because I'm disciplined to do so. You know, on the days that I don't want to, I have to force myself a little bit to go. And I do always feel much better when it's done. So discipline over motivation. First of all, form a routine, stay disciplined, mm. and uh, find we, something you enjoy. Yeah, which because is really then cool. you're going to stick to it.
0: One second, I'm just going to get some more light
1: on one we'll get some more. Right,
0: from my end. There we go. So we've got a couple more questions actually, which I thought are quite interesting. Some of them have overlapped a little. Uh, one of them is C4 again. C4, very active in here. Welcome to uh, UK buddy and Mimi Twitch, who've joined us. Um, C4, you saying about the kind of dietary supplements um, versus real food and about believing if, do you believe the most nutrition has, needs to be getting from real food as opposed to just the kind of dietary supplements? What do you think about that?
1: Because we have- 100%. We have- yeah. 100%. Real food comes first. Yeah. Yeah, real food comes first. And in fact, you know, you don't need any supplements whatsoever. And the only thing that you should take is, I mean, in the UK, we're advised to take B, some uh, vitamin B, D yeah because you know we we don't get enough sunlight in the winter time mm. i mean even the sun doesn't come to a high enough thing to penetrate and bring us vitamin d even when it is out in the winter here so yeah we we should take vitamin d um but other than that no other supplements are necessary you can hit all of your protein goals all of your vitamin and mineral goals from a balanced healthy and nutritious diet mm.
0: Well, yeah, because actually, it's, it's funny you say that because I I do take supplements myself, uh, mostly calcium, zinc. Um, mm-hmm. Used to take krill krill oil, B twelve. To be honest with you, since I've been back home, I'm taking this. My my, my parents love doing all the supplements because they're slightly older. Um, so those are the ones that I take for myself. Um, uh, this I think for me it is if I don't get them through my food I'm not the best of eater so I feel like they're necessary just to make sure I am getting them um but I don't rely on them I know a lot of people take them
1: if you're eating if you're eating a balanced healthy diet with a lot of variety you know if you're just eating chicken and rice and broccoli you're not going to be hitting your mineral and vitamin goals <laughs> oops <laughs> yeah you're not yeah. You know, you have to eat a variety of vegetables, root vegetables, green leaves, you know, all sorts of different stuff. If you you need to get a balance of that, you need to get a mix. Yeah. You know, that's if you're and then you need to make sure that you're hitting your protein. Athletes, top-top athletes can if they want hit all the protein they need just from the food that they're eating. Mm. The reason that they take supplements like protein shakes and stuff like this is to for ease, if I've got to eat four thousand calories a day because I'm an Olympic swimmer, you know, it's I want to just take a protein shake because I can't stomach another steak or chicken breast, whatever. Yeah, okay. yeah. So you can get all of your food, especially general pop. We're all general pop. None, no, none of us are top athletes here. Yeah. yeah, we're all general pop. You can get all of your nutrition that you need, all of your protein, all your vitamins and minerals from a balanced
0: healthy nutritious diet mm. uh we got another question but i feel like you uh, you've touched on this a little bit this go is on, a UK, well, uk buddy shout out uk buddy um so he, he just said do you think um lockdown will cause a lot of people never get back into the gym he's a gym goer himself he's been going for years but he feels uh, a little bit unsettled and got going back into the gym
1: in which way like about
0: I think it's maybe a mix of the fact that he, I don't know if he's been doing any training outside of the, outside of the gym during lockdown, but I feel, I feel like the route, maybe like we spoke of routine, the discipline, the routine, yeah. So just to get back in there and get back under the bar or lifting, lifting the the dumbbells or what it is like here, I feel like it might be more of a mental thing, Um, but he just thinks that will people use this as an opportunity to, to dip. Into their return to a gym, or will it be, Oh my god, I haven't been in the gym so long because of lockdown. Or would you think
1: as a general public purpose- I think this COVID has been a nightmare for everybody. Mm-hmm. But if there's a silver lining behind the cloud, it's that people have recognised now that your health is your number one priority. It comes above everything else. It comes above your financial situation and everything. Your your health comes first. Mm. And um, I think when you go back to the gym, the best thing to do is to not go too hard in the first couple of weeks. Just start with nice light weights and move some stuff about. You're going to feel that DOMS if you haven't taken a load for a long time. You put a load on, mm. you're going to feel it. So you're going to feel you're going to feel those muscles really burn. Um, don't do yourself any injuries by putting on too much weight in the first mm. in the first couple of sessions.
0: There's one of the things I want to speak about is more about back to sort of the nutrition and and the diet side of it. There's two things. There's there's a question here about thoughts about working on an empty stomach, which is probably like a fasted state. And then the Mm -hmm. thoughts on intermittent fasting as well, because I know we spoke about it before. But I feel like that's more I feel like your thoughts on that is more to do about the kind of calorie intake and outtake thing. But um, what are your thoughts on it? I I definitely know a lot more people being involved in intermittent fasting and now in the run up to, I think, April time. There might be, uh, is April time? There's Ramadan, I think. Ramadan will be coming in, in in uh, I think, next month. But basically, my point is with that is that that's another fasted state. And where's your thoughts on the idea of fasting and intermittent fasting and that kind of stuff?
1: So I didn't even know that I was doing intermittent fasting. It was just something that I did as a habit, as a routine, you know. Um, if I wanted to lose some weight, I would skip breakfast and make sure that i prepared myself a good balanced lunch i know when we last spoke about it i didn't even know that i was doing intermittent yeah. fasting i didn't even realize that it had a word it had a name but it has a name now yeah. and um what are my thoughts on it if you want to be in a calorie deficit skipping a meal mm. is not going to be a bad thing right now my issue comes when somebody is a little bit larger and they already miss breakfast Mm. yeah so there's something that's that's not quite right there um and often these people their their blood sugar is is for me an issue
2: Mm.
1: so if you're if you have an empty stomach and then you're not eating anything and then it comes to you know lunchtime and you you grab a biscuit and you're already a little bit obese that sugar is going to hit your blood like a wall Mm. yeah and so it's better that you have something in your stomach that um will slowly allow the sugar to come out i have a very good hands-on example with this or a client of mine who is quite large who just come back from the doctors getting a full health assessment and the doctor was like you know i'm shocked that your blood sugar is what it is you know i thought i was expecting it to be rocketing and i said to him that's great um i think personally that's implementing a breakfast which he wasn't doing previously um and but now the priority is to lose the weight so let's skip the breakfast out two or three times a week and that's a few less calories in the week you know you're going to lose a little bit of weight doing that
0: yeah and i think also with that as well from my basic knowledge of it it's the time that you're fasting about making sure it's enough it's a good way to make sure you're drinking enough enough water as well because if you Mm -hmm. are in a fasted state if you're intermittent fasting usually the kind of rule is you only drink water or you drink black coffee or green tea or whatever it may be. And I feel like that that obviously will suppress your appetite as well, but also allow to realise that you have this thing of people think that they're hungry and they're actually thirsty. I'm sure you know about the kind of difference about that. Mm-hmm. So that's a big... Problem. I
1: found that some of my, my fastest PRs, my running times have all been fasted. Mm-hmm. They've all been with, with nothing. In the stomach just straight out the door yeah i'm go. glad
0: actually you spoke about the the sugar stuff and about the blood sugar and stuff like that because i know one or two people and their thing is like okay i'm fasting i'm doing this i'm doing that um and then when they're eating they're eating just cookies and crisps and high sugar stuff so whatever way you look at it i'm like you're doing your fasting that's fine and you're trying to reduce your calories but you're not thinking about the levels of your blood sugar as well, surely by eating. hundred
1: percent. I would say this, I would say that fasting is certainly an acceptable way of losing weight, of reducing your calorie intake and making sure that you're within a deficit, but it's not step one.
2: Okay.
1: Step one is if you're putting on weight, is there something you're doing within your day-to-day nutrition that is not correct? Mm. Yeah. And so the first thing to do is to address that and adjust that. And then step two could be to introduce an acceptable way of um, speeding up your deficit. You know, intermittent fasting, as we said, is an acceptable way. Um, for the slightly larger lads, I don't see a problem with going on a higher protein um, yeah. diet for a short period of time, as long as afterwards there is a period in which there's the coaching there to help people come back to a more balanced, healthy approach. Mm. So there's no, I know what people do is they love to sell their, this is the solution. Yeah. Yeah, this is the only solution that you need. But actually when I assess an individual, I first get them to do a food diary without making any changes. And then I see, all right, so he's not having breakfast and the first thing he has is a cookie, right? That individual doesn't need me to talk about intermittent fasting. That individual needs me to tell them about the benefits of you know, taking breakfast on and improving their gut bacteria and their blood sugar readings. Mm. That's what they need to hear. Another person who's having a, a protein shake and a bowl of oats and then going about and going, I don't understand why I'm not losing weight because I'm eating really healthy stuff. You know, they need to understand. They might want to hear about intermittent fasting.
2: Yeah.
1: You understand? So it, it's about, this is where PT is, you yeah. know, is a personal trainer, I've never succeeded in sort of like making cookie cutter, nutritional exercise programs and putting them out. I know a lot of people are quite good at that, but I've never succeeded in that because I've always made sure that you know, the advice that the individual needs to hear can often be quite personalised.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I feel that as well. Actually, it's while we're talking about food as well, got another question someone was saying about the thoughts about uh, if you're training in the morning, how long should you eat before hitting the gym? Like if you are choosing to eat, to, to settle. It tends to feel weak and sick if I pushed you hard early in the morning. So do you think there's almost like when you go to swim, they you say you should leave half an hour. Do you feel like there's a point if you are choosing to have breakfast and then go to the gym, is there a point that you should leave it? Do you feel like a general point? You a general um, when you weight?
1: get your routine, get your routine around food, get it right. See what works for you. Mm. You know, what works for me doesn't work for you. Mm. When I was putting on a lot of weight purposefully, I would eat a saucepan of oats before I went to the gym and lift real heavy. You know, that was my goal. Um, but now my goal is a little bit different. I don't approach it in that way anymore. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I I know it sounds like a cop out answer but it it, it does depend be. on you yeah it it depends on you you've got to find your routine and what works for you
0: I think maybe in this in this case I feel like maybe he should eat pay, if he's feeling weak and sick if you push hard early in the morning then maybe you should be eating more no right yeah you should
1: eat yeah, a little something you should eat a little thing. something yeah. i mean what is he eating?
0: what what is he eating? why uk buddy what are you eating message me let me know um why he's messaging me across i wanted to ask you about um shit i was gonna ask you about the the i wanted to go back into food slightly um i know just from you love it, food you're making me hungry i bro. know you know what it is is because i watch your stuff and it makes me hungry and i'm like oh, man, i really need to do a <laughs> shop. I need to do a yeah. shop to make sure i get that because i seen your wife well, thought it was really good when you're doing the veganism and you'll continue to do so you i thought that was a really good idea that you documented your journey and you documented your food prep this is what I've got this is all the vegetarian options I have the vegan option. oh yeah that
1: that, was, a, that. that was that really was a good. popular video people enjoyed that one yeah Yeah,
0: because pe- you know what it is I feel like sometimes pe- people like you were saying earlier some people think that they if you're a gym guy you can't do this you can't eat that but they don't really see too much of the behind the scenes and I think that's really important that was really important for me and also when you started going to getting the fresh uh, the fresh meat from Smithfield's Market. And also, fill it in fishmongers, fill it in fish, going, getting fresh, like from the ground vegetables as well. I feel that's really yeah. important. I, really I, enjoy,
1: I enjoy my food. I think food for me is such an important part of life. And any aspects of denial around that for me is a no. I don't want any part of it. I would rather take, I'd rather hold a little bit more fat and and not have to eat chicken breasts and broccoli. and... 25 grams of rice a day for five times a day it's not for me you, do you know think I... well, then,
0: when we spoke you speak about sort of the fresh meat going to smithfield market for those who don't know in london there's a massive uh, meat market which you can go to early morning which is mostly for wholesalers and stuff i imagine yeah yeah i used
1: to love it yeah
0: yeah so that do you feel like a lot of food out now is, is too processed or do you think we're going in a way of where people are being more aware of because what i find is some people are like oh yeah this is great this is healthy and then you read the back and it's like, okay, you've got all these e numbers inside of it, all these e numbers, all this excess sugar, all this excess fat, but it's marketed and packaged a certain way as healthy food. Um, but with your situation just describing there of going there, going to the source, it's almost like going to the butchers, going to the fishmongers. Do you feel people need to do that more, not just for health reasons, but also financially? It actually, works out a lot better what you can get from these. Oh persons.
1: yeah, I used to save, you know, I used to save thousands of pounds a year going to the meat market thousands and I, I would have to buy quite a lot of meat as well to you know because meat was part of my diet so i'd buy quite a lot of it mm. um but yeah i had to save thousands of pounds a year easily
2: mm. yeah
1: um you're going back to the health and the health aspects of it i've always said that people should eat meat of higher should eat meat of a higher quality
2: mm.
1: of a greater variety of cut so you can't just tell me i only like sirloin steak that's not acceptable i'm sorry um if you eat beef you have to eat the whole cow no so if you're going to eat beef eat the whole if eat the whole thing
0: yeah it's actually you say that actually i've seen something before i was reading about um this guy basically bought a whole pig like obviously from the butcher people do i've
1: seen people do it in the market a lot yeah people do it in that market a lot they go there and they buy a whole pig yeah
0: that's mad and then they break it up into 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 little bits and bobs yeah. yeah that's crazy and, the, and then the fish as well. But I did I really liked that video on a fish because I always wanted to know how to fill it a fish. Yeah. Um, obviously not the McDonald's burger. So the whole cutting it, doing the head, doing that, doing that, because you can see it. You can see the difference. Just literally, I'm glad you did the video because on the video, if you haven't already, make sure you follow him on Instagram. I'll put his Instagram in here. But your the whole idea of it just it looks so it looks different from what, what's in the pack. But that's good because it, you can see the freshness in it, as opposed to if you pick up a a, a, a packet of salmon off the off the soup I'm room. a
1: real I'm a real foodie, Rob. Yeah. I, I, I know it. you I know. I've seen you
0: make. I'm a real foodie. foodie. I love my you food. Make I, make food. Make I love make go make going
1: make to, to the source. I love the shopping of it. I love going to the I love going to the fishmonger and having a little barter with him, and um, I love going to the fruit and vegetable and having a bit of a backwards and a forwards and seeing what's on offer that day. If there's anything on the, that's on offer. Um, the other week they had limes on offer
2: hmm.
1: and uh, they had just this massive box of limes that, that were just, you know, they were trying to get rid of them. Yeah. Two pounds or something. This box was massive. I was like, yeah, I'll take that. We'll find out what I can do with these limes. And I did loads of stuff. I made lime curd, lime jelly. Yeah. Um, That's another thing. The sauces. You, uh, strawberry jam. I've seen you made. What was that? Oh, one yeah. One? I made yeah, jam. Yeah. The, um,
0: with the chopped carrots, the Chinese. What was it? like? A, oh,
1: the kimchi. The kimchi. That was it. The kimchi. Kimchi's nice. Yeah. that And do you know what I love that I was I love that um preparing your own food there's a certain satisfaction that comes with the productivity of that you know that's mm-hmm. really cool yeah. and once you learn to do it as well, you know kimchi in the shop is expensive stuff you know I bought a tin the other day because I ran out and it's like three pounds for like this much. this much whereas I bought the all the cap all the ingredients that I need mm-hmm. for three pounds, and I can make massive jars of it like that last me for. Months.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of the questions we got actually, someone was saying about alcohol and about how alcohol fits into the training program. I imagine most of what you were saying earlier, it's not so much of everyone go teetotal and don't drink. It's just about, I imagine, it's about what you're drinking and how much.
1: How much you're drinking is it, how much you're drinking is a big thing. Yeah, yeah. I have a good rule that I try and live by, and that is I never drink Monday to Thursday unless it's a really special occasion on Friday. You know, I get rock star drunk sometimes. You know, I'm not <laughs> gonna lie. Anybody that knows me knows that we can get rock star drunk. Yeah. Um one of the most valuable things that I did out drinking was I continued to do my fitness pal on the night out just yeah. to see as an experiment. And my God, yeah, you have to really everybody should do that. Yeah. Everybody should do that and just see you, you might think you're in a deficit of 500 calories Monday to Friday, but if you go out Saturday night, you know you can really mash that up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, because yeah, for me, I just my thing is uh, vodka and vodka and soda. That's like quite low calories and. Uh, you're
1: over. You're on. You're you're two on top of it. Drink what you like. Enjoy what you drink.
0: Oh, good idea. you're drunk now, mate. That and uh, that is basically.
1: Drink what you like. Enjoy what you drink. Don't drink too much. Okay. That's good. All oh, right. Yeah. And yeah. try and I have some rules on it and that's really worked for me. And it works for a lot of my bods as well. Any, anyone that I'm training goes to me, oh, Ace, I'm drinking. You know, they always say it after about three or four weeks, "We, oh, Ace, you know, I'm just having a little tip. <laughs> yeah. You know, most nights I'm having a bottle of wine. I go, right, but well, you've got to knock that on the head then, mate. Yeah. You know, it's okay to let your hair down. Um, it's important, um, but you need to bring that frequency down. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, Saturday night, a couple of beers, you know, Sunday, half a bottle of wine with dinner, whatever, you know, that's perfectly acceptable. But Monday can of beer, Tuesday, two cans, Wednesday, three cans. That's no, that's got to, If you want to live a healthy lifestyle, you can't do that.
0: Fair enough then. And someone actually spoke to about, um, when we were talking about the kimchi, someone was saying about why is fermenting food good for your body? And should people be adding more to it, more to their diet? of it fermented yeah
1: yeah great question so fermented foods are great for your gut microbiome so this is your gut bacteria Mm -hmm. and you have to think of your gut as a garden that you have to tend and weed and and nourish Mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of the time um if you're eating very processed and broken down foods they're not they're not giving you that gut bacteria yeah people Mm -hmm. that have a poor diet have a very small diversity of gut bacteria and fermented foods really helps your gut to diversify the bacteria it has. And the diversity of gut bacteria has been linked to many, many aspects of your health. Um, Serotonin, for example, which is your happiness hormone, is produced in the gut. Yeah, Um, So many other aspects of health as well have been linked to having a good microbiome. Um, So it is important that you that you look after that. Another really good way to do it is with your carbohydrate stuff is, is to increase your, your, your gut-resistant starch. So these are your starches that aren't necessarily broken down straight away in the, in the stomach and the small intestine. They get through to your gut and they, they have there's little bits there for your bacteria to eat and nourish themselves off. Um, a really popular way is to go whole wheat. So whole right. wheat is a more resistant, is a more resistant starch Mm. but even if you freeze and then cook stuff that also increases your the resistant starch in there so if i make a lasagna and i put it in the freezer and i microwave it in three days Mm. um the starch has become more resistant to my gut and therefore some of those bits get through and that's food for your gut bacteria
0: oh i didn't even know that
1: you didn't know it. You need to I learn about the microbiome. To, yeah, I, know from,
0: I know as well. So what would you say is an example of fermented, like an, a bit of an example oh, of
1: fermented foods? Um, you know, a nice... The popular ones at the moment are kimchi and kombucha. Um, oh, yeah, but your, yeah, Europe, okay. your European ones are your sauerkraut. Um, Sriracha is also fermented. Um, I'm going to i'm gonna um contradict myself here but the odd pint of um beer as long as it's not too strong that will actually help your gut microbiome um yeah loads of sources: whole wheat foods pastas brown pastas brown breads white breads that have been toasted
0: that's good that's good because i'm thinking about what do i eat which falls into that category and I eat a few of those things, even a uh, kombucha as well. I drink so that's is so nice. Yeah. I've got some flavored ones over here. It's crazy. over it's here. Expensive, it's expensive way... though, isn't it? It's
1: expensive. Yeah, it's... That's my next project, by the way, is a, to um
0: to make one of them.
1: Make a bit of kombucha because yeah, I love it. I drink it every time I pass the shop. I buy a thing of kombucha cause just because I love the taste. Yeah, but um, yeah.
0: Well, we've got another question here. This is about um, thoughts on artificial sweeteners, if they're good or, or they're bad.
1: Wow. Um, the, the, the popular belief is that they're carcinogenic, yeah?
2: Mm.
1: Um, but so sugar
2: mm.
1: is carcinogenic. They've both been, you know, established as carcinogens. And I spoke with a client of mine at length because I had the same question for this guy who's a medical doctor. And I said to him, you know, where are we? Because every time I research this, I'm getting different views every time. You know, so he said that, you know, he uses artificial sweeteners in some things and he uses sugar in other things, you know, mm. just don't overconsume.
2: Mm.
1: I use artificial sweeteners, you know, I'd rather have, I'd rather have a can of, Diet Coke than a full-fat Coke on the occasion. Yeah. Mm. I think they're both bad. It's about finding, yeah, don't you're overuse bad. either you're of you're them. You're bad, I suppose. Yeah, don't overuse either of them, mm. I would say.
0: There's one thing I wanted to ask you as well. I don't know if you've ever seen that film, The Game Changers, on Netflix, about athletes going to veganism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched Something it, yeah.
1: Like
0: so Because
1: when I started um, Veganuary... You watch that. I already decided that I was going to do it because my justification was that I am eventually going to pick up a client who is a vegan and I can't give them any good nutritional advice whatsoever Mm. uh, because I'm such a big carnivore. So I need to learn something about this. So I'd already decided that I'm going to do a course of vegan, I'm going to do Veganuary and see what challenges it throws up. And, um, Obviously, if I'm doing it, my missus has to do it as well. And so I thought the best way to get her on board was to slap game changers on. Cause I heard that so many people watched it and, it and went vegan. So that did work because she's fully on board. She loves it. She has a yeah. great time with it. And she's got, seen a lot of benefit. Yeah,
0: because yeah, that's the thing. Cause I wasn't sure of how much of it was was gas and how much of it was actual, you know, truth. And well, I don't know. What do you think? Since you've started it, have you felt, has it improved your fitness journey, not just your nutrition? I journey? think
1: definitely decreasing my meat consumption has had a positive effect on my cardiovascular and aerobic fitness. Mm. Yeah, a change in diet has improved my cardiovascular and aerobic fitness. Um, it is harder to catch protein, um, but it's not impossible. It's, you know, I'm doing it regularly. I'm, and what about your energy levels? My energy levels are good, my, but my energy levels are always good. my, my you know, I'm an active guy. Mm. You know, my energy levels are always good. Yeah. But um, yeah, the one thing that I will say about that particular aspect of it is that when I eat a meal with meat in it. I have to think, oh, if I'm going to train, I have to give it 45 minutes and, you know, maybe I have to give it an hour. Like your man was saying earlier about going to the gym on an empty summer, I think, oh, if I go for a run, I'm just going to be really heavy. I might get a bit of cramp. I'm going to have to give it. I can now, I can basically, if I wanted to, eat something and get out the door and go and train. So it, it does allow, it does give me, you know, the, increases the opportunities that are available to me to, to mm. just go out and train and, and go for it.
0: Yeah, because when I cut meat, I didn't... I think for me personally, when I cut back on meat significantly, I definitely felt... Because I was in a stage where I'd have so many days where I didn't eat meat, and then a day I would eat meat, for example. And I, sometimes I'd be in bed and I couldn't go to sleep because I got too much energy. So, and it's literally... Different. Really? Yeah, that was the only change. It's like climbing the walls. I imagine that's what people in drugs feel like. So it's just like, <laughs> It's, it, and then, like I said, oh, that's the time my my times got my running times got faster. My five Ks got faster when I was my
1: five past- Ks right now are getting much faster. In fact, the PB today. Yeah, and then- you've said your PB was twenty one. Now I'm embarrassed.
0: No, no, what's your? Because what, the thing is, I want to try and get it around twenty four, twenty five and I'd be, i would yeah. like, had 30 i mean i've had bad ones as well of course but i definitely found out when i was like i said cutting back on the meat and eating more veggie stuff and more veggie slash vegan stuff even when i play football we play football for 2 hours and after the 2 hours i'm i'm fucked i'm not going to lie but after when i was when i was doing that the veggie vegetarian i was like yeah let's keep going let's keep going oh, we're not, not playing
1: again. i'll be honest yeah i've noticed the same thing yeah yeah so like, oh, i've noticed the same on. thing yeah, that yeah, i've do- left, before stages. a 10k would end me yeah. I'll do a 10K. I'd come home and be like, right, that's it, I'm ended. Yeah. But now I do a 10K. I'm not even, I'm not challenged cardiovascularly. I always think, oh, I should have pushed it a bit more. Yeah. What's your
0: yeah. 10K times like?
1: Oh, my My latest one was, I, th- I think it was 46 minutes and 40 something seconds. It was quite quick. Mm, that's pretty, that's pretty. I had a really good playlist on. Yeah. I mean, especially for me, I'm about 90 kilos. Yeah, yeah. And so actually like so how running. Tall are you like roughly? A, oof. Um one seven eight, one seven nine. Okay,
0: yeah. So yeah. Oh that's I quite think. well. Ninety key. Well, yeah, with your height and weight, yeah, that kind of it edges up quite well, doesn't it? Um about seventy keys, because I'm eighty three in the moment and I'm like one seven like what am I one seven eight, I think, one seven nine as well. So not too far from you, so um, but I'm about 83 at the moment, which is kind of the heaviest I've been. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think that's the
0: heaviest. The heaviest I've been is around 12 stone, eight pounds, which is, I don't know. I
1: got to, I got to at one point when I was trying to bulk was what well, I was bulking. I got to 96 kilos.
2: Jesus. That's...
1: Yeah, I know. And I was, I was strong. I was really, really strong. Um, but my fitness did start to suffer a little bit. Mm. And, um, and then something that I wish that I paid more attention to when I was bulking was to just do it a little bit slower okay. because I did it in quite a quick way, and it meant that I've now got the excess fat and that's the hard bit mm. is is bringing the fat off after you've bulked up, but bulking up's easy
2: yeah if
1: you yeah. eat the excess calories and hit the gym re- train really hard you know you'll put on the you'll put on the muscle, so but you'll all you'll put on some fat with that as well.
0: Yeah. So we've got a couple more questions. One of them is actually um, from C4, but I think or like you've answered this one. He was just saying, why does he feel tired when he's eaten really well and got eight and 10 hours sleep and he still feels tired? I think that might be to do with his iron intake,
1: potentially. I don't know. Um, what just directly after you've eaten? Uh,
0: well, he said, why do I feel, why do I sometimes feel really tired when I've eaten really well and got an eight to 10 hours sleep and he still feels tired? So I'm guessing that's afterwards.
1: I think have a to- look at your hydration. Have a look at your activity levels. Um, I'm not going to say a. Blank I'm not going to say a metal supplement straight away. It might be the answer, but you know it might not. And me saying that would be a bit stupid. But first thing would be to like manage that nutrition, uh, manage that hydration. Have a look at your hydration levels. You know, have a look at the variety of. Um, The variety of vitamins and minerals that you're taking in when you've eaten well, as you say. Yes, have a look, make sure you're getting a good variety of those.
0: And uh, one of the others was the thoughts are your thoughts on the high cholesterol levels in today's society. Many people have it in unhealthy levels. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think that um, foods fortified with fats and sugars have been ever more increasingly common in the western diet since the end of world war ii you know just trying to get excess at those times people wanted to get excess calories they really needed the energy you know so if you you put a bit of fat and sugar in stuff it wasn't a bad thing but that is that is become something else now Mm. yeah and now we have to really you know step back take a little step back from that yeah yeah. It's a it's, big um, issue.
0: It's definitely a thing that you see a lot more. Yeah. I think it's just, I feel like maybe it's too much choice, especially when you factor in so much. I mean, just look, you've got Deliveroo. I'm not I'm bashing these guys, but you've got Deliveroo, you've got Uber Eats, you've got takeaways everywhere. You've got, it's in America, it's a completely different ballgame. Oh my days. I don't know, Have you been to America? No. In America, I'm telling you, it's crazy. Yeah. I, and I put on.
1: Every time I train a client for fat loss, and we make massive progress, and they go to me. Oh, Asa, I'm going on holiday to America. I just go, oh,
0: done, it's done.
1: I know that I. Know, I just think, oh, we, we're we're going to undo everything. Yeah,
0: it's it's so easy to do. I went there for two weeks, and I came back, and I put on like maybe ten kilos in two weeks.
1: Whoa! Yeah, quite a lot. But my I friend, mean, I do the same. I do the same when I go to Italy. Yeah, because it was my. If friend, I go to Italy for an extended period of time.
0: Because yeah. my friend, he cream, was he was pasta, training over there. Pizza, and- and he needed to put on weight because he was a semi-pro golfer and he wanted to put weight on. So we were eating quite frequently. We were eating at every couple of hours' uh, intervals. And it, he struggles to put on weight, but it's not that difficult for me to put on weight. Like It's quite easy for me to put on weight. So that was the thing. But there's just so much choice. I thought that's what it is. There's so much choice, but then also... You know, you have choice. to live the lifestyle that
1: you want to leave, yeah. that you want to lead. Do you know what I mean? That Nobody's going to do it for you. Yeah, You know, you have to you have to take ownership of what goes in your gob. Mm. You know, uh, there's a great quote that some people need to understand that they can eat that donut and still be healthy. Yeah. And other people need to understand that they don't have to eat that donut and still be happy. Mm.
0: What's, What's your thoughts then on the mix between body positivity and body positivity mixed with fat shaming mixed with. Body acceptance.
1: Um, I think that if there is an aspect of your physical appearance that is affecting your health, your physical health very directly negatively, it's your duty to do what you can to negate that.
0: Do you think we're glorifying obesity in some ways? And what I mean, oh Rob, you're gonna. The, uh, no, the way, the way <laughs> let me give you a scenario of what I mean. So what I mean by that is um, a big thing is the body positivity. Yeah. Go, go body positivity. But I also feel like sometimes there's body positivity and then there's, okay, it's, someone's quite dangerously overweight. I know there was an issue before they had um, a quite a, like a, a, an obese woman on the front of Cosmopolitan and they were saying about his body positivity, but, is it body positivity or is it more about glorifying obesity? It's I, I don't
1: like think people are glorifying. I don't think people are glorifying obesity on purpose, mm. um, but that may be a, um, you know, I think the people, if you are obese, the reality is, is that when you die from an obesity related disease, it is not pretty. Yeah, it's a very slow process that affects your friends and your family, you know, Mm. in a very strong way. Um, And it's not pretty. It's a slow and painful death. Mm. You know, nothing about nothing about carrying. I mean, it's okay to carry some excess fat, but if you can lose it and you need to lose it, you should lose it. Mm -hmm. I saw a post the other day that was giving people advice about how to stop your doctor bringing up your weight when they go in and i thought that was really um damaging yeah you know because you know, people that have obesity obviously have some complex psychological issues around food and mm. their lifestyle you know and they want to do what they you know they should they should change that they should change that
0: yeah yeah i i think you know i don't think it's um my own personal opinion, I I don't think it's an issue. Uh, not I don't think it's an issue. Let me
1: rephrase this. So my you're the one that brings up. You're the one that brings up the question.
0: Oh, don't worry. I've got my own. I have my own my own thoughts on it. I do think. Oh, I'll tell them right now, boy. Uh, I would <laughs> say that the glor. I do feel like they glorify BC. um It's definitely done more so in women than men. I believe so. Um, I bes- I believe the the whole oh no body positivity and there's body positivity, but if someone is dangerously obese,
1: yeah, there's a line. I'd, yeah, I think you're right. There's a line that there's a line that it crosses.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's sending mixed mixed messages, and I feel like as a as a as a country, UK country, or and just more as a Western country, anyway, we tend to pander a lot, and people aren't really frank with people, and they should be because it's damaging your health because it affects everything else in your life. Um, for example, if you are morbidly obese like you said about going to the doctors if you go to the doctors and you're you're a large person especially in this case i'm gonna go for women if you're a large woman it's going to be difficult if then you're thinking about maybe having a child it's going to impact that a lot um your weight will will impact it it's the same with anything it's the same um with with different scenarios but i feel like saying oh no you're perfect the way you are when you're you should always
1: uh, you should always look to improve yourself you know you wouldn't say to somebody who you know you stay at that oh your your intellectual level is fine you shouldn't look to improve your intellectual level at all that's you know you should just stay exactly where you are don't learn anything else Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know we wouldn't say that to somebody we're talking about their intellect you know we would say look i think you should you know you would say to yourself hopefully you know i'm i would endeavor to improve my improve my learning um and i think your body is the same you should always endeavor to improve it but i will give you an example um i trained a number of doctors actually and one doctor in particular i train um, he is a very special specialist in a in a i'm not going to mention what it is
0: yeah yeah no worries
1: but i'm not gonna mention what it is But he's a doctor in a very special um what would you call it a niche yeah and after training with him and help helping him to lose a bit of weight, quite a bit of weight, and to be more active in his day-to-day, he said to me, look, Ace, the first, it's even changed what I do now in my practice. So when somebody comes to me in my practice, I used to give them, you know, well, here's the issue, here's a medicine, mm. here's, the, here's the issue, here's another medicine, here's a pill or a, a course of injections or whatever. Yeah, and he says now the very first thing he does is put them on the scales, and if they're overweight, he goes right. Well, first thing you want to do, you want to improve this aspect of your health is, you know, lose a little bit of weight. That'll work. And he sent me a lot of referral clients in this way. Nice.
0: Yeah, I think I so think it, that plays a part. I feel I, I'm glad you said that. I feel like the whole just oh, take this, take this, and it'll be fine. When you need to go back to the core of stuff.
1: The core. Yeah. People that are looking for sort of like quick fixes. When people realize that, you know, there is no quick fix. Mm. You know, once you take a medication, it's going to give you another issue, and another medication for that issue. No, so go to the go to the source of the issue. What is the source of the issue? Are you moving enough? Are you eating the right foods? Are you are you getting a good variety in your diet? Are you getting a good variety of movement? If you're if you're answering no to are you moving enough in the day if you're answering no to any of those questions then the first step should be adjusting those oh, i understand
0: so uh, i've got one quick question here and then we we'll, are probably going to look to round it up soon um c4 once again very active here with the questions uh, what's your favorite type of fiber to eat as a vegetarian or a vegan
1: currently you get so much fiber fiber is not the problem i mean the, the best thing that somebody said to me, because the first week I was doing the veganism, I was, I was really pissed off. I just didn't feel like I was getting what I needed to get. Yeah. And I'd look for all these replacements. I was, I was having like replacement sausages and replacement chicken and, you know, fake fish and all this sort of stuff. And somebody goes, no Ace, you know, the thing about plant-based diets is you have to actually eat plants. Mm. And then once that, once I understood that, that changed the game. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, i see in order to eat it's a very simple thing right yeah but in order to eat a plant-based diet you have to actually eat some plants some real plants and once he said that it fell into place
0: yeah will you continue doing it now for the foreseeable future what's your plan with this
1: Um, i don't mind the odd transgression you know i don't mind the odd transgression um the restaurants haven't opened yet yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and when they do, then then we'll really see who's about it.
1: Yeah. When they do, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but I have, I must say, I have thoroughly enjoyed the challenge and the benefits that it's brought decrease in my, you know, the benefits have been massive decrease in my meat consumption has brought me in my life. I have enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't mind the odd transgression. Mm-mm. If you have 40, the average person has 40 meals a week. If, if, 39 of those are plant based. You're mm. doing a great job. Yeah. You know? And
0: you was you was vegetarian for a while as well. Uh,
1: I was a vegetarian a long time ago yeah I was a bit. And those days that was that was a long time ago that was before I was a personal trainer.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but those days that was hard work. You okay. know, you couldn't eat anything. Well, how
0: long ago was that would you say?
1: What? Well, um you know, it was about we're 2021 20, now. 16 17 18 something like this. i mean it's hard to it's hard to put a finger on it really
0: yeah okay so and yeah you're right actually there are a lot more options veganism options
1: massive i was so shocked when i went to the supermarket i was like what you can eat all of this stuff this is all plant-based stuff now when i was when i did last time i literally had to get every day for dinner the tin of chickpeas Mm. that's it Oh Tin and okay.
0: peas. yeah, I was waiting for more morning chickpeas. Dinner right?
1: chickpeas, you know, some other green leafy vegetables. Yeah. You know, that's that's all we had. Tofu wasn't even a thing, you know. Tofu you got in really specialist upmarket shops. I was living in Shepherd's Bush, Shepherd Bush Market, you know, so tofu wasn't really a a popular dish i'd never heard of it
0: what about what do you think about jackfruit actually i really got into jackfruit. i haven't tried it yet oh man you got it man you gotta try jackfruit. yeah is it good it's, i've got so a tin it, in the cupboard i'm trying oh it. okay so what i do because this is the thing with that i treat it like meat so i'll uh like with the jackfruit you just peel it apart and it's almost like pulled pork so you season it
1: you're talking the most food stuff wrong man you're killing me and then you're about you, to you, mash. Shred,
0: you shred it up you season yeah. it because you season your veggies someone was telling me at work one time they're like yeah you've got to season your veggies just treat it like meat almost like you still season them so you season it and then you can it become shredded and you can put it in wraps and tacos it's really good for stuff like that so and you can get it from some all of these kind of health kind of places that do any kind of that they do jackfruit wraps with cheese or whatever it may be you know so yeah wraps yeah well obviously cheese alternatives
1: or whatever. I haven't it. tried it. I've got a tin in the, in the, in the, you think a tin's good, yeah?
0: Yeah, tin's good. Cause there's quite a lot in the tin. So I'd sh- shred it out. Cause it's like, if you can get like a whole jackfruit, Jack itself. Fruit. if you can try the burgers, jackfruit burgers and jackfruit wraps,
1: they i had a, a beyond meat burger from gbk oh, yeah, Did you have good. one of
0: those as well yeah beyond Meat and meat beyond me
1: i had to go- i had to i took a bite and i was like i had to google it again okay. i was i had to leave it go cold i was like no nah, hang on no
0: yeah it's good it's really deep. yeah it's really good and that's the thing it's good because before it used to everything which was vegetarian or meat alternative was didn't taste great and now they've managed to find a way and in- and do a lot more. So I'm really um, so now. I'm gonna go have a chicken kebab. No joking. So uh, yeah, but I think it's definitely some something people should should try and 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 get in thing because I enjoyed it when I'm doing it. And you do feel the you definitely do feel the benefits. But um, I think one of the final questions I've got from someone here, uh, Jez, is that what you are most looking forward to when lockdown ends?
1: Going rock climbing. Mm. Going to an airbnb going for a nice long hike Mm. um so many things going to the pub seeing some pals Mm. um going to the gym i know a lot of pts can't wait for the gyms to open but i've really enjoyed this period of training without the gym and having a look at different other aspects and stuff like this but um yeah rock climbing hiking pub with the boys and um gyms just activities
0: as a whole, I guess, right?
1: Restaurants. Oh, the list goes on, man. The list goes on. Free us up, It's boys. been such a shit time.
0: <laughs> but what I'll do is I'll, I'll we'll round it off here. I just want to say thank you to for you for staying with us. Um, thank you to everyone who joined in the stream. Thank you very much for your questions. This is going to be available. Um, the audio is going to be up on SoundCloud as, as well, Snapbacks and Flatcaps, also Spotify. So make sure you give those a follow. The video will be available for those who have missed it on my Twitch channel, which is your host, Rob. Thank you once again to Asa who's joining us, taking the time out to join us. Really appreciate it. Hope a lot of the guys learned something. Hope a lot of your questions got answered. If you do want more information on Asa, I'm going to put his his Instagram here in the chat. So make sure you give him a follow as well. Um, For those who join us on the late night slots, I'll be streaming tonight as well. Um, So make sure you guys come and see me on that as well. And in the meantime, Asa, you stay there for me. I'm just going to, uh log off the stream, but I'll I'll stay there so we can wrap everything up. But thank you once again. All right, let's go. Uh all right, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you again soon. Thank you very much. And we are out of here.